You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Yoga Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so happy you're tuning in today, everyone. We have a fun episode with a very popular recurring guest, Meredith McCowan of Earthling Astrology. Meredith is, she's my good friend and she's my go-to resource for all astrological updates, looking ahead. Something really cool you know, about astrologers is that they often have specialties. Like I'm really good at using the birth chart for self-care. Meredith is great at helping others identify their intuitive gifts, working with psychic gifts, using dreams. Yeah, she's she's so cool. And right now we are going through a collective shift of intuitive awakening. So Meredith is really helpful in that department. Today we talk about using intuitive gifts. We talk a lot about the Saturn return and what that is, why that doesn't actually have to be so scary. (laughs) We talk about what's coming up this fall with all of the astrological events. It's kind of jam-packed. Some of it, you know, it's tough, but as Meredith puts today, it really is a gift. These, These moments of challenge or, you know, even just um, tests give us the opportunity to move forward. And that's what's happening this fall. And, you know, if you want to learn more about Meredith, please check her out, Earthling Astrology, more information on her in the show notes. We do a lot of fun things together, including joint yoga and astrology parties online. So I teach a little yoga, Meredith goes through everyone's birth chart, or she does some forecasting. So if you have a group together and you want to do a yoga party, yoga astrology party, please let us know. We do those on Saturday nights. I am just finishing up my last month of maternity leave and we'll be back to events, astrology events, self-care, lots of fun workshops coming up, taking on clients again for cosmic self-care starting in October. And if you want to learn more about any of that, make sure you're on the email newsletter. When you sign up for that newsletter, you get the free discover your self-care style mini course. So more information in the show notes. Thanks again to Meredith for being here, for giving us all the deets on what's happening in the cosmos this fall. Lots ahead. Make sure you're subscribing and you can follow along at Yoga Magic Podcast on Instagram. Let's get to our conversation. Welcome back, Meredith. Familiar face. Big, like very much a celeb in the yoga magic world. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be back on the show. How are you? What's new? I'm good. I feel like I'm in a time warp, which maybe you feel like too. I mean, a day goes by in a week and a month goes by in like, I don't know. So I don't know. Time is fast and slow. I feel like I saw you when you were 9 million years pregnant and (laughs) now you're like, what, six weeks in? You're like, it feels like a second. (laughs) 
It's weird. Well, and I was anticipating this like kind of tumultuous time that we're in, in the moment astrology wise to be like, oh, I'm like, I feel like it'll probably affect the collective and not me so much, but like, that's exactly what I'm feeling. It's like time is fast, slow, fast, slow. I just feel like we're in this weird vortex right now a little bit. Totally. Quantum (laughs) leaps, perhaps. I'm not sure. But anyway, good to see you again. You look beautiful. I'm excited to chat with you today. Thank you. I am too. So for listeners, we are talking about some of the upcoming astrology for the fall because there's some stuff. There's some fun stuff. There's some heavy stuff. And I think it'll be really great to just be prepared so that we can double down on all of our self-care practices. And then we're also going to talk about the Saturn returns, plural, because there are three theoretically in our lives. And we haven't talked about that before, like surprisingly. So Meredith, what are you looking at in the stars coming up here? Yeah, I have three kind of big ticket items to talk about as far as transits this fall, but I just want to kind of throw it out there. Um, the birth chart of the United States is always going, also going through its Pluto return. So as I talk about the events, know that there's really big stuff happening in the background too, on like a collective. So the country of the United States is going through like a death and rebirth and transformation. That's kind of probably happening everywhere you look in your life. And then the planet is moving into the age of Aquarius. So that is like two big things going on in the background. And then I'll talk about kind of um, Mars retrograde and the Saturn Uranus square for sure today and kind of tell everybody what this means, how to best work with the energy mm-hmm. and maybe what to expect. With the Pluto return of the US, if we can just like touch on that a bit. I know we've talked about it before, but like I think now more than ever, I mean, we're like literally seeing it happen. Yeah. Like the Roe v. Wade just tragedy is one example, right? Of like, if this country has been built on sort of these like rocky foundations, those holes are going to be, they're going to be shown to us right now. And that's, that's, I don't know. What do you think? Is that for the better in the future? Like these things have to crumble in order for us to rebuild? Well, you know, we're in this collective karma cycle of uh, Scorpio Taurus as well, which we'll talk about with the eclipses, but the shadow is coming out. Um, yeah. And Pluto, think of like plutonium bombs, <laughs> kind of like bombs dropping um, on the collective could kind of get people maybe awake and to think things, think about things differently. And w- the example I keep using is, so for example, the Roe v. Wade thing. One of the things maybe we can as a collective decide that is an outdated program of the matrix is to have a baby within the system or not have a baby within the system. Why do we need these systems? For Mm. centuries, for eons, it's been women, you know, helping with giving birth, bringing the babies, the women have come together. So, you know, no one can tell you to have a baby or to not have a baby. That is your decision. So these things happening are, you know, plutonium kind of bombs and to get people moving, get people acting, asking questions, throwing their opinions out. I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that the old boys club (laughs) that kind of runs the show uh, is going to continue to crumble. Uh, And I'm not afraid of this. So if there's anyone like I've moved through my fear around it, um, Many countries all over the United States have been through multiple Pluto returns themselves, and they're still standing, you know, like Rome and Paris, all these old cities have been through numerous Pluto returns. So at the end of the story, everything's going to be better. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't really know what to fix until we know what's broken. 
So what's the shadow? What's the corruption? What's the kind of stuff going on behind the scenes? So bring it to the light so we can all get involved to make changes. Absolutely. That's, that's so yes. Even like our food system, like the, I'm thinking now Taurus Scorpio, like all these things coming to light, like the, Mm -hmm. the supply chain, just the labor force in the U S like all of these things, if they, if we didn't already know that they were broken, we know we're starting to know very much. So, and that's, that is a good thing so that we can fix it. And I'm glad you say that you're not scared. Cause like, Sometimes I get really freaked out about being a, like being alive right now, being in this country right now, but like it's kind of actually going to be amazing, don't you think? Yeah, I I mean when I've pushed through my anxiety and my fears, I keep saying also that anxiety feels very similar to excitement in your body, mm. right? Like you can lose sleep because you're anxious, but you can also lose sleep because you're excited about something. So when I feel kind of like those pings of anxiety and I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit, I'm going to breathe. And can I turn this to excitement? Um, and another expression I keep saying is like, get the popcorn out. <laughs> Let's kind of oh. watch this movie detach. Um, and I have a huge trust and surrender and faith practice that everything's going to be okay. It's just going to be a little bit rocky until we get to that kind of like homeostasis. But no, just everything's going to be okay. Another thing I keep repeating. It's true. Everybody I made. Yeah, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. All we can do is really tend to our own nervous systems. We can take care of ourselves and ultimately, you know, try to hold up our own families. And like, yeah, that's all we can do right now. I think you're, that's super true. Okay. So in the immediate future, obviously there's just a few interesting things coming up this fall. (laughs) We are recording a week in advance. So we're in it. We're definitely there. What are you preparing for? Okay. So I've got three kind of talking points about the big stuff this fall. And let's start with the uh, Mars retrograde coming up perhaps. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to throw out the dates. Mars is going retrograde October 30th, 2022 through January 12th, I believe. Yes. January 12th, 2023. And everyone's probably heard of Mercury retrograde. That's the most common one. You see that on Instagram and the astrologers (laughs) are always talking about it. Mercury goes retrograde three or four times a year for three weeks at a time. Uh, Mars is a more rare retrograde only goes retrograde every couple years or so. Mm -hmm. And Mars is the planet of action of passion of ambition. Mars is pure fuel. All right. So when he slows down and turns retrograde, it's like, we all can take a breath and kind of step back and be like, where are we putting our energy? So that is the first thing about Mars retrograde. Being in the sign of Gemini is telling to me because Gemini is the sign of communication. Yeah. So Gemini is like the thought, the thinking people. <laughs> um, it's the questioning sign. If you have a Gemini kid, they're the kid that's going, why, 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 why? <laughs> so if you have a kid that's always asking that question, look at Gemini in their chart. They are the ones asking questions. So how is this, could this play out? Um, for you personally, I would say, do you need to change your own narrative? Uh, a narrative such as like, I can't do this, or I'm stuck in a job that I hate, which narrative that do you keep telling yourself that maybe you need to stop telling yourself so you can get out of your own way. So Mars retrograde will actually help that. What are you thinking? What are you telling yourself? What is the story that you're living by? And maybe that story needs to change. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Any questions about that? first. Yeah, it totally does. Would you say that individuals that have strong Mars placements in their charts are more affected by that on an individual level by a Mars retrograde? 
Possibly. That is a good question. I haven't done any research on that one in my own practice, mm-hmm. but um, I would say Mars prominent in an air sign would okay. be affected by this be particular, a lot. yeah, since Gemini is an air sign. Got it. So if you have a, you know, Mars in an angle or in the midheaven on an air sign, you might feel this retrograde. Um, you know, Gemini, Sagittarius, Virgo, and Pisces will be the most affected by mm-hmm. this particular okay. retrograde. But overall, it's a, a general like thing, right? Like, so it people feel it on on a larger scale. But like you said, on an individual level, it's looking at like w- what story that could, because of the Gemini placement, right? Exactly. So, okay. what story are you telling yourself? And Gemini is also the storyteller of the zodiac. So, collectively, could this be the media? <laughs> you know, changing yeah. what they're talking about. Maybe. Um, I mean, the last couple of years has been kind of a shit show. You watch the news. I don't watch the news anymore, but it's very robotic. You watch the news in every any city, and it's all kind of scripted, right? Mm-hmm. So, collectively, the storytellers out there, the media, that could start changing. I'm not sure what action they're going to take or where they're going to want tell people to put action towards or put energy towards, but that is a potential, I think, with this Mars retrograde, particularly because it's in Gemini. Is Mars retrograde in terms, like you're saying, it's affecting individually, it's collectively affecting people. Is it it's not always bad though. Right. Sometimes I think when I think when I associate like anything with Mars, I think like, Oh, let's blow shit up. Kind of. It is not always (laughs) like that with Mars retrograde or is it, do you feel like it's a, it's a tough transit? It is. If you have not been maybe personally dealing with your own Mars energy, So this is not a blow shit up energy for me because that is Mars direct. That's Mars moving forward. Um, When Mars goes retrograde, it's like the energy gets pulled back and you might more eat yourself alive with stuff. Um, It's more like the energy comes internal. So you kind of burn up from the inside instead of wanting to blow other people up. So I think of that as a good thing because it makes everybody accountable to get their own anger, their own irritability their own reactivity, their own triggers under control. And Gemini, that air sign gives us all the potential this fall to be able to take a breath before we react to a trigger or react to a situation and be able to respond. So I think this is positive energy for that alone, being able to respond instead of react. Oh, I like that. Ooh, that's good. I view that as a positive. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Like, it's so easy to throw retrogrades under the bus. And in fact, like pausing in any scenario is, is helpful. What is there shadow with a Mars retrograde? Always. <laughs> Always. Negative, yeah. Will you explain what that is for listeners? So the shadow would be ignoring your own anger or your own, you know, pissed off feelings. And then, you know, blaming everybody and everything or the politicians out there, like external things for your own reactivity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that would be the shadow. And then you might find this fall, like you keep blaming other people or you're not doing your own shadow work. And that's going to show up in your physical body, either by like burnout. And I always see Mars showing up in the body with something red. So if you have a breakout that won't go away or a rash or eczema psoriasis in my practice, that's Mars <laughs> trying to get out of the physical body. It might get stuck there. Uh, so I've seen a lot of weird red rashes when somebody is not dealing with their Mars in a healthy way. And there's a lot of different ways to move through your anger. You know, go for a run, journal, uh, take a really cold bath, whatever works for you. And if you do have a prominent Mars, 
you probably have some self-care practices around this, like actually cool off with the water or whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like for each person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, I feel better about it now. (laughs) Good. Were you nervous about it? (laughs) I don't know. I think because of the rarity of Mars retrograde, sometimes I just feel like, oh, this is going to be wild. But like, I don't know, like you said, it's, we bl- we like to blame stuff on these things. And obviously astrology is a mirror. It's not the cause of any of this. Right. Yeah. And one last comment, Gemini is the sign that asks questions. And the last couple of years, it's been kind of like frowned upon to ask certain questions. So I encourage everyone to ask questions about your own life, you know, double check your own information that's going on in your brain. And it might be a really good kind of like questioning period for all of us. Like, what am I doing with my life? Like all the questions we don't always want to ask or necessarily know the answer to, but this is very like encouraging people to have more um, conversations without judgment and ridicule. And you know, that Mars kind of like, oh, you're wrong. I'm right. Kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. So if there's any rocky relationships, um, that's all kind of happened to all of us the last couple of years. I think this retrograde is great energy to kind of like take a step back and maybe go towards some people that you've had some problems with that you really wish you didn't. Uh, Mars retrograde would be great for patching that stuff up. Mm-hmm. This is hitting my third house. So I'm like almost thinking like it's going to, this is going to be some evaluation in the storytelling of this show, actually, I think where mm-hmm. it's going to hit. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm a Gemini rising, so I'll have a front row seat to how this is going to manifest There you as go. Well. Yep. Okay. What else? Next thing, we have a final Saturn square Uranus event this fall. Saturn is all about the rules, structure, authority, and Uranus is about fuck the man, fuck the authority, the rebel kind of like doesn't follow the rules. And these two planets have been trying to get along for about two years in the sky. Okay. And a square aspect just means a 90 degree angle, very, very tense. And the tension is designed for growth and evolution. So Saturn says basically, fuck you for not following the rules. And Uranus says, fuck you for enforcing the rules upon me that I do not like. So that has been going on the last couple of years, right? So this is like running the gauntlet this fall. This is it. Um, These two planets will need to get along. What structures are serving the people? What structures are not? Where do we need to push back against rules that maybe do not serve children, that do not serve other people? And we all have different opinions on that kind of stuff. So this is kind of like goody two-shoes planet and the bad boy get trying to get along. And I'm a huge eighties movies fan. So like who's um, like Danny and Sandy from Greece. I was literally thinking Greece. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So Danny and Sandy figured it out. And then Judd Nelson and Molly Ringwald (gasps) in the breakfast club, they figured it out. Right. Ozzy and Sharon, they seem to figure it out. The Osbournes, like, like the (laughs) Saturnian Sharon and then the rebel Ozzy. So this is the kind of energy we're trying to work through on a collective. How do we make these two planets get along? How do we play this out in our own lives and then moving through uh, society? So this is tough energy, but it's the last one before these planets finally kind of break apart from each other. I think of, and we've all seen this too, like Uranus is like a jackhammer to Saturn cement. We need to kind of like Mm -hmm. break it down so we can make the cement stronger and more sturdy uh, and that people trust walking on this kind of like stuff. Does that make sense? Like this is really tough energy. Uh, Again, good. Um, It's all about evolution and change. Uh, But again, it's just, it's tough. It's really, really heavy. So this is the fourth 
fourth hit total or it's a in third? the last two years yeah in the last so, two. yeah there was three of them in 2021 yeah that's a yeah. lot what's the yeah. date on this last one um so uranus is going to turn retrograde on august 25th and they get within a degree of each other in september and october it's going to be active through december and kind of lingering into january so it's not an overnight hit in the chart okay. It's another kind of slow burn. But okay, Mars retrograde and that. <laughs> Woo, those together. Yeah. We see any relief with Jupiter in Pisces again? Does that like smooth it at all? Ooh. That I think will, and I don't have the dates of that. That's I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, so that's not happening until December. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. So Jupiter is going to dip back into the cool waters of Pisces. And I would guess or educated guess that this is going to be another impetus for spiritual awakening Yeah, for the people maybe stuck um, or I don't know. I've had a front row seat to the awakening in the last couple of years, but this fall has the ingredient for more of that. So more and yeah. more light workers are online. There's plenty of people to help and get questions answered as you go through this awakening. I've talked about mine that happened in 2012, 2013. So for me, this is just more collective awakening energy, whatever that means for each individual. Um, mm -hmm. But again, it's it's tough cosmic soup. I will say that. Mm -hmm. I like the cooling waters of Pisces. That sounds nice. Like if we were a little fiery, if we're a little agitated in the fall, like this is going to be the, like the salve come December, just to like, kind of cool it down a little. I like that. Yeah, no Pisces is, you know, compassionate, comfortable energy when it's doing Pisces, right. Jupiter and Aries. I also see as a positive though, Me too. Um, Aries is the sign of the self and, you know, simply Jupiter can represent wisdom. So we're all learning about ourselves on a deeper level. Um, we're collecting wisdom about who we are and why we are are on this planet. And more and more people are asking that question because there's so much going on mm -hmm. around the world. If you're paying to other, pay attention to other countries and what's going on, you're like, why am I alive right now? So I think Jupiter and Aries is really, really positive for that. But then the Pisces will kind of pull in the spirit and the non-physical and the unknown realm, which, you know, is my jam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Jupiter and Pisces right now, and then it switches in December and then it switches back eventually. No, sorry. Jupiter is in Aries right now. Or sorry. You're right. Um, Jupiter yeah, and Aries right now. And then switches to Jupiter and Pisces in December. Yep. And then quickly is going to be back in Aries. Yeah. So if you're in Aries, uh, the first six months of 2023 is your Jupiter year. Expect good things. Oh, Lily. That's my, my oldest. She's a queen. Okay. Energy. <laughs> Notion of energy. Fun. Okay, great. And then eclipses, I suppose, are be pretty critical come fall. <laughs> okay. So we've already had, um, we are in the Taurus Scorpio eclipse cycle, which is going to be active until next summer. So summer 2023. We already had a Taurus Scorpio eclipse last spring. And um, there's a partial solar eclipse coming up on October 25th at two degrees Scorpio. So this is going to affect the fixed signs, Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, Aquarius, the most eclipses are always wild card, insanely hard to predict what could go on individually. You're going to look at your own birth chart. Where is Taurus and Scorpio in your birth chart? You might have a little idea where this energy might hit you. And eclipses also represent beginnings and endings. And Taurus, Scorpio, these are the signs of like, what is mine versus what is ours? 
Taurus is an earth sign, very related to like the physical environment, taste, touch, smell, that kind of stuff. And Scorpio is more like the unseen environment. What's hidden, you know, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So we've talked a little bit together on different podcasts about shadow work. Uh, That is on the docket for all of us uh, until summer of 2023, but the eclipses are really going to kick that up in our faces. Um, And shadow work, again, means different things to other different people, facing your fears, anxieties, your triggers. Uh, We're all moving on that like 100% love and light, unconditional vibe. You know, we're all doing our best to get there, but we're human. So we have emotions. We have to learn to work with them, not resist them. Uh, And this is, again, tough stuff. But I love eclipse season. Um, wild stuff happens, just zany news. Um, I kind of, it's again, one of those things where I sit back and get the popcorn, make sure I'm doing my inner work, uh, during eclipses. But again, it's just kind of highly unpredictable. What could go down? Mm. I, yeah, I do. I like them too. They're like, you need to like build in a little extra rest around that time. Like you need to build in the buffers. I feel like with eclipse season, but if there was anything like kind of like that Pluto return, right? Like if there is anything that was like lying underneath the surface, eclipses are going to shake it loose. Uh And, and like to your sense, like speaking to Scorpio, like if you aren't already doing shadow work practices, everybody like now would be a great time to sort of ease in because come eclipse season, it'll probably be, <laughs> pretty and I don't want to say like intense but like you'll get some insight at that time so if you want to ease into it now is great and now is a great time to be like luxuriating like live in that in Taurus land a little bit for a while when you like what do you do around eclipse season to take care of yourself for this one I'm actually planning and I've started this already like a big physical detox Um, I've never been on the detox trains before, but I'm getting more and more into like the heavy metals in our food and like all this kind of stuff. So Taurus being for me, the most physical sign out there, very usually sensitive to food and even sweaters on their skin. I always think Taurus has had their five senses amplified. Totally. I'm going to really work on my physical body. Um, I feel like I've made a really, a lot of headway with my mental and emotional health and spiritual health. Now it's time for me to do, for me, the last on the food chain is the physical health. So detoxing, you know, getting more of a workout routine for me, I'm going to focus on more of my physical health because the last couple of years for me have been more mental and emotional. Mm. So that's how I'm planning to work with this eclipse. And um, Taurus Scorpio is also the money signs of the Zodiac. So if you need to renew your sit down and figure out your finances, get your shit together, this is great eclipse energy to work with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fun. So there's that partial and then there's the partial right. and oh, yeah. dates. Um, partial solar eclipse, October 25th. And then the total lunar eclipse is November 8th at 16 degrees Taurus. So there's just and- two. Yeah. And the lunar eclipse is always two weeks before after the solar. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just two eclipses this time. Lunar eclipses tend to be more emotional Mm because the moon is our emotions. It's the feminine. So like you said, take a mental health day, maybe more so around the lunar. If you tend to struggle with your emotions, even on a full moon, you're going to know that this eclipse is going to hit you. I always think it's interesting that that lunar eclipse tends to fall around Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. because that's such a a triggering like emotional time for many people in terms of like yeah. family. And so 
I don't know, just like another excuse, like you said, to evaluate and honor your own emotions at that time, mm-hmm. because sometimes we have to put on a smile and like throw a turkey in the oven, like, woof. <laughs> it's nice <laughs> to like take a day of rest somewhere in there and just like honor your emotions for sure. Yeah. Yes. Taurus is the sign that loves the big comfy couch, this warm, fuzzy socks and the movies. So like you said, tap into that Taurus and just rest. So much mm-hmm. of us don't do that. It's like, I've talked to so many clients. They're like, I don't know how, <laughs> like, how do you stop? How do you sit still? And it took me a long time to learn how to do that. It's, it's really weird. Why is it so hard for some of us, but for us to just stop and not push ourselves and constantly go, 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 go. And you talk a lot about this. Um, it's not always in our greatest and highest good to push ourselves like that. No, it's the patriarchy. I mean, let's be honest, right? Like it's like, we're, we're conditioned to believe that we're only valuable if we're just going and creating and, and being productive. And like that, this has been such a test for me. It's like such an interesting time to be evaluating Taurus energy in, in postpartum maternity leave, because I, I want to clean the house and get all the groceries and do all the things, but like, I'm literally forced to rest and it's hard. It's so Is hard. That, are you struggling with it? Oh, I, I struggle more with like, I want, I want to be around other people. So if I can build in rest that includes other people in a way, so I don't feel isolated, I'm in a good spot. Right. Like, and so there it's like navigating, like what does rest feel like for you? Right. Again, if people are exploring this like Taurus access there, it's what is rest for you? Is it t- like sleeping or is it getting comfy and, you know, talking to friends or what? And there's just so many variables of what rest would look like for all of us. Right. Know? It's subjective. And Taurus is the builder of the Zodiac. So I love that you said, I'm going to build time for rest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's perfect. Like perfect <laughs> sentence for that. Okay, fun. So we've got, these are, these are actually like, yeah, this is a few things, a few up. things, but like not as bad. I mean, it's not 2020. Like we're doing, we're doing good. We can keep moving along. And like you said, everything's going to be okay. It always is. Mm-hmm. I want anything else in the fall that you want to, that you want to mention. No, those are really the big ticket items. I mean, I think there's another Mercury retrograde coming up, um, all that kind of jazz. But no, I mean, the Mars retrograde, the last Saturn Uranus square, and the eclipses are really, for me, the the big ticket items. And then (laughs) thank you for bringing out Jupiter retrograde, change in signs too. Lots of retrograde. Um, You said that, I think, before we started recording, a lot of retrograde. So just Mm -hmm. another impetus to build in more rest and take things slower. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to talk about Saturn returns as well. And we've like alluded to them before we, we've talked about them on Gina's podcast, mm-hmm. but we haven't really talked about them on yoga magic in terms of like, what are Saturn returns? Why are they significant? What can we do to prepare and, and ease through them versus, you know, kind of battle them, which a lot of us think that they are like, oh, it's going to be this tumultuous thing. So in your words, Meredith, because I feel like you do such a good job explaining these, these events, what is a Saturn return? Sure. So the astronomy of a Saturn return is the planet Saturn, who this is the last planet we can see with the naked eye. So historically, this was it in astrology. Saturn was the edge of the universe. That's why he represents kind of hitting walls, boundaries, that kind of energy. And Saturn takes about 28, 29 years to go around the sun. So that is how long Saturn takes to go around your birth chart. 
At age 2829, Can't Escape It, Saturn will return to the part of the sky where he was the moment you took your first breath. I do have some clients kind of freaked out about the Saturn return, but honestly, it's um, in my practice, unless you're kind of like, don't have your shit together or just like completely lost, your Saturn return will be pretty easy breezy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, historically, that's usually when people might have their first baby. And then the second time Saturn returns, that's grandparent land. Uh, Age 2029 is when we really kind of have to figure out what do I want to be when I grow up? So the most struggle I see is people at that age, such I was, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up when my Saturn returned either, but I like got promoted, you know, that's kind of Saturn's energy too, like moving up the food chain. You're basically going through the maybe existential crisis because it's in your face that whatever you're doing in your late twenties is really setting you up for your future. Mm-hmm. And Saturn is a future oriented planet. Saturn rules the sign of Capricorn. So typically Capricorns um, and Aquarius to kind of buzz by it pretty okay. But I think I'd mentioned on Gina's podcast, my husband during his Saturn return got arrested. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> really tough in your face lessons, like slap you in the face stuff to get you to see that you're maybe the cause of a lot of your own problems. And that's when people struggle the most with a Saturn return. When again, it's that victim consciousness or that blame it's everybody else's fault, except for mine. Those are the individuals that are really going to feel this energy the strongest and might have the toughest time through it until they kind of roll their sleeves, pull up their bootstraps and be like, okay, what can I do to change my reality that I don't like very much? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just thinking like when I describe it, for most of us, especially people that are like listening to this show and that are in tune with just the idea of self-discovery, self-study, it's really not going to be this huge thing. It's for those that are like in, I mean, very much so in the matrix, they're not like coming to terms with who they are. They're, they're unconscious essentially, because like that Saturn return really does kind of turn on the light a little bit. Yeah. And I see it even in the second Saturn return, age 57. I'll ask, you know, my clients, well, what happened in your late twenties? They're like, oh, I got a promotion. I had, you know, my babies and blah, 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 blah. I was going through the motions and like the matrix. And then that's when maybe the second Saturn return is even harder. Oh, "Oh, I I just was on autopilot in my late twenties. I wasn't asking the questions. I wasn't doing the work. And then it hits them a little bit harder in the second Saturn return. The clients that I see the most tend to be in their second Saturn return. And like, I wonder too, like generationally, I've been just thinking about like my parents of like, you know, they definitely had a life laid out for them in terms of like, here's what you do. And like, you don't question a lot of those things, right? Like you stay with jobs, like that generation stayed in jobs a lot longer. You know, they did, they went through the motions and like our generation seems to be I mean, even just from the great resignation, it seems to be really questioning, like, do I really want to do that? So now it's like interesting to watch people that are in their like early sixties that are like, okay, but now what now? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Do you see that in your practice? I do. And I see the people that struggle. So one of the keywords for Saturn is authority. Um, and you know, I think our parents were like respect authority, trust authority, and don't, you know, don't push back authority. Yeah. Um, and our generation and even younger, and I just had this conversation with my husband about what's Gen X, what's the millennials, what's the Gen Y. I I think I'm a, I'm a cusper and and all that. Um, but people in their late twenties and then mid to late fifties, 
wait, have I been following somebody else's rules my whole life? And not, what are my rules? <laughs> what do I like? What, what am I my own authority or am I just right. again, kind of on this autopilot? So Saturn is about becoming your own authority, the own driver of your life. Um, so that's another thing people kind of like spin out of control. They're like, they, they start to ask the questions like, why have I been doing this for this long and kind of climbing the mountain in their late fifties then if they've kind of not done that previously. It's a, it's a stressful time. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. My mother-in-law was kind of like, I got her a bunch of astrology readings when she was going through hers uh, and it was more career stuff for her. But again, it's more quote unquote easy when you had your babies in your late twenties and the grandkids come in the late fifties. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like the stepping stone, but it looks very different today in our culture and our society. But mm -hmm. Saturn, yeah, stressful planet um, really makes you do the work and the rewards will be great if you do that work. That's the one thing about Saturn. He will not forget about you. Uh, if you do the work, you will be rewarded and will actually be better than a Jupiter reward. Jupiter just like throws Ooh. you a party when you walk in the room. And, you know, that feels great. But when you actually do the work yourself, there's something about that. You're like, I did this. I feel accomplished. And again, the rewards will come from Saturn, but only if you do the work, no shortcuts with Saturn. Mm. How does someone calculate their own Saturn return? So you would need an astrologer, or maybe you could probably Google this. So if you were born, let's see, in the mid, let's see, 93-ish, about 1993, you're in your Saturn return right now. So you can mm -hmm. also just do math. Um, am I 29 years old? I'm probably in my Saturn return. Depends on your own chart, though, because of retrograde. So one person might just get one pass of Saturn, like Saturn right. just buzzing by in the sky, but another person might be like, Oh, Saturn stopped, moved retrograde, went forward again. And they might get hit a lot longer with a Saturn return. I've seen a Saturn return last. I mean, very potently ones that last two months and then ones that last 14 months. Okay. It, I don't know the why I feel like that's a spiritual evolution kind of thing. Why did we decide we needed that much time? Probably before we were born, made it, came up with that arrangement, but yeah, everyone each their own. So double check with an astrologer, um, to answer that question in detail. Otherwise you can just do math. Am I 28, 29, probably in my Saturday return. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that range is helpful that it could be somewhere from two months to like two years. Yikes. Hopefully not. And I want to go a little deeper into Saturn because a Saturn square is 90 degrees and you would, you know, divide 360 into four and get that 90 degrees. So at age seven, 14, 21, these are also Saturn stepping stone years and age seven in astrology, at least around that age is the theory that the ego and a kid just locks into place. Right. You finally, like the crown chakra is rooted in the ground. Finally, if it wasn't before, and the kid is now like me. And then there's them. And there's even science that backs up the pineal gland in the brain starting to calcify around that age. And that's the gland theoretically that connects kids to the other side of the veil. Mm. And I recently got obsessed with TikTok. It took me a long time to get on board with TikTok, <laughs> but I can't stop watching the little kids that tell these stories that they're like two or three years old. And I'm like, they are just pulling that information into something that is spiritual, like messages coming through these little kids. And again, it's around age seven that that gland starts to calcify. And, you know, usually in our generation, our parents' generation, we're already told that that's just your imagination. That's not real. You know, even our conditioning starts to click in pretty loud at that age. 
Well, we even know like that kids up until seven, I mean, that's, they're essentially forming who they are up until seven years old. And that's mm -hmm. now their subconscious has been formed. And also like up until that age, they're in a meditative state. They're just like absorbing I think they're world. like tripping. Like I think kids are tripping on like mushrooms. Like they're just <laughs> but like, they're truly. I mean, their brain. I know waves. they see other things. It's yeah. amazing. Our their literally brain is all open. Is literally in a meditative state until a specific age. Like obviously, I'm not a psychologist, but like in a meditative state, and then at like that seven age is when it kind of yeah, Shit it's gets done. Real. <laughs> like <at> seven, <laughs> and then even more real around fourteen. That's such an uncomfortable age. That's a Saturn opposition yeah. in the chart, and that's puberty. That's mm -hmm. you know your face breaks out. That's your friends don't like you. Who do you like? That is not a comfortable age either. That's puberty, which is a Saturnia, another thing. And then 21, 22 to each their own with that age. But I mean, legal drinking in the U.S., going to college again. What do I want to be when I grow up? That's all kind of Saturn stuff. So if you've had a relationship or a job and after seven, 14 years, that was a karmic thing for you. I'm actually, you've, you've heard of the seven year itch. I, mm -hmm, assume. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a term I heard my whole life. And then I studied astrology. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> there's actually some kind of like cosmic science to back up these terms that we say kind of non nonchalantly. Uh, my last relationship, I called off after seven years. That was, hmm. a, a oh, that's making spare. me think I got to look at some numbers on some relationships. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So if you're married, I mean, theoretically seven years in or seven years together, it gets kind of tough. So even think if you've had a relationship last longer than seven years, reflect on that seven years together. How was that for you? Mm -hmm. uh, it can be a make or break time. Okay. We're at 16. So I think we're good. I'm not Ooh, you got like... the, your center in opposition. You're solid. We're solid. You got that cat. Three moon. kids will solidify any relationship. You're friends with Saturn. Um, Capricorn moon, sun, south node, definitely friend, more friends oh, with Saturn than sure. the average bear. Okay. So there's theoretically three in your life. If you live a long life, right. It's mm -hmm. the, it's the late twenties, late fifties. And then what really mid eighties. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. And the eighties, uh, I've only done maybe three readings in my career thus far, where I've read for someone that had their third Saturn return. And then also the Uranus return Uranus takes 84 years to go around the sun. So at age Ooh. 84, um, that's a, that's a big time too. And okay. I know a few people in their eighties kind of went wild and crazy and I not so secretly love that. <laughs> They've been like working hard, you know, you, you read once in a while, someone jumped out of a plane or took up skateboarding or did something crazy <laughs> in their eighties. And I'm like, that's Uranus and Saturn. That's how they figure out how to get along. Um, because I said earlier, we're in a Uranus oh. and Saturn cycle right now. Um, so every individual is going to get some kind of mix of those ingredients if they make it till their eighties. Cute. I like that idea. Cute. It's the 80 year old <laughs> jumping out of a plane. Yeah. That's the vibe. If we can, and make... I see these sassy grandmas on TikTok, and I don't know. It's just like I love it. <laughs> They're like getting the technology, the Uranus kind of out there, and the Saturn structure. They like they just call it like they see it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's fun. Thank you, Meredith. These are these are so helpful. I love that. I just I really do love your perspective on astrology. You're, you were my my first real, like, I don't know, window into what astrology can be. And obviously now I'm obsessed. So thanks for really. For being oh my here. gosh. You didn't study it too much before we met. I did, but like, I don't feel like I had it. I needed a Capricorn to explain it to me. Mm. 
<laughs> I, I needed that. someone to be like, and actually, like, this is what it is. Here's the grounding, you know, delivery of this information. <laughs> Got it. And now, yeah, here we are. Well, for listeners that are new to you, can you tell them about your practice, how you work with people, where you are, all the things? Sure. So I have office space uh, near downtown St. Paul. I own um, Earthling Astrology. I've been practicing now for five years since 2017 and studying for about nine. Um, And you can find me at earthlingastrology.com. I do email readings. I do um, astrology parties. I do Zoom sessions all over the world. Just know that I'm in central time if you want to book for me. And you'll, you'll read all that on my website. And know that since I've been practicing, I can confirm if anyone else is a healer or astrologer out there that you do attract your seventh house and descendant in the birth chart. And for me, that is Neptune and the moon. So I've come to focus really on like psychic gifts in the birth chart and spirituality in the birth chart. And those are the kind of people that I attract. So if you're having really weird things happen to you, like seeing numbers on the clock or animal signs or your dreams have changed, or you've had precognitive hits, those are the people that usually come find me. They're like, what is happening to me? (laughs) Or I'm hearing voices. And I'm like, well, tell me more about that. So I get a lot of people going through their awakenings, their spiritual awakenings, and really, really gifted, intuitive, and psychic people, which is so interesting to me because I am not any of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very Capricorn over here. So it's fun to see people's evolution and their kind of Neptunian journey through life. So yeah, if you think you have any of these gifts, look me up. Um, I've got some really dorky research on all this stuff Mm -hmm. and plenty of presentations about it too. Cool. That's just, yeah. Are you seeing numbers? Are you seeing numbers? So I'm seeing some things. I (laughs) not numbers, not numbers, but I would say like pre what's the word am I looking for? Obviously sleep deprived over here, like having visions of, of things coming true. What's that? What's what would we call that? Uh, I don't know. Premonitions. 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 Really? I'm having some premonitions and sometimes great. Sometimes not so great. And I'm like, Oh, can I ask, um, when you get a not so great premonition, how does it show up for you? Is it like a gut punch or it's like a knowing it's a knowing. It's a Does it come in neutral though? Like yeah. it doesn't come yes. with fear. Okay. That's what I want to tell everybody. Intuition does not come with fear. Um, even if it's a not so pleasant. Yes. Intuitive hit. It's just like, this is going to happen. Boom. And that's all. And like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, then you got to, you know, work on acceptance instead of resistance yeah. or like um, trying to control it or something like that. Like, which I really can't in most cases. Yeah. That's fun. That. Yeah. You, I, I mean, I think that's probably why I was drawn to you in the first place is like, this has sort of all been unraveling and I always kind of pushed it down. My Capricorn moon was like, no, nah, no, you're not a cancer son. No, <laughs> <laughs> I needed another little cancer sidekick to like help turn it on a little bit more, which I actually really do believe she is. She's going to be, oh man, is, we're going to be able to This is your teach- first water baby, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, your gifts might really hit the fast track with having this little girl now, um, kind of tuning you, um, to a different frequency and you might, I don't know, do you wake up before she cries like that? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Do you like one minute before she starts to scream? Are you up? It's like, Oh, 100%. Really? And that, and okay. what's funny is like, I, even in utero, like I would wake up at these like specific time cycles, same times that I'm waking up now. Yeah, we are we are synced up. And when any yeah. sort of like energy work that I did with her prior to her birth, there it was they were like, you guys are like 
swirling together. It's insane. Oh, I'm excited cool? to listen to that episode and, and meet her. I cannot wait. I know. Um, but no, I was going to ask you, cause are you seeing, you know, what I hear is like, people see numbers. Like I've seen 11 on the clock every hour for the last year and a half. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I saw one 11 when we were talking on the pod today, like 11, that's what I see all the time. And then I started to see like flashes of light in my vision. Ooh. And I actually went to the optometrist for the first time in like 10 years because my dad <laughs> used to be an optometrist. So I'm like, I should go see if I still have 2020. And they asked me this question. They're like, are you seeing flashes of light? I was like, yeah. They're like, oh. And they were all like concerned. I'm like, no, I think it's kind of exciting. Um, I just, and I get that a lot from clients too. I'm like seeing sparkles like in the clouds or whatever. And I'm like, cool. Like maybe they're light beings, like who knows? Um, and a lot of people hearing voices and kind of coming into acceptance of their psychic gifts instead of resisting them because of programming or fear, whatever that is. It's just, yeah. magic. it's just yeah. magic. I love it all. I do too. We're lucky to be alive this time. I yeah. know it's tumultuous everyone, but like, oh, this yeah. is a cool, this is a cool time. Find the magic and try your best to be the eye of the storm. Um, mm. you know, don't stir the pot, you know, just if you can't, go somewhere. That's okay. I've been in kind of rest mode for the last six months. I haven't done a whole lot. I haven't really felt like going out that much. I feel that I've just been resting for whatever mm -hmm. comes next on this planet. It's felt really good. Um, just not doing as much and not being as busy. I love it. Mm -hmm. Thanks as always, Meredith, everybody check out earthling astrology on Instagram. We'll link all that information up in the show notes. And I'm sure You'll be back in a few months for the yeah, usual. <laughs> so good to see you. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to Meredith for being on the show. Again, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Yoga Magic Podcast. And if you want to be in the know about all the fun events this fall, hop on our email newsletter. More information in the show notes. See you next week.